College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, so here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Mizzou fans, we have made it as officially game week here at KCSN. For the Missouri Tigers, you're listening to Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. I am incredibly honored to be joined by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, you pronounce it coyotes or coyotes? Um, coyotes. Before I lived in South Dakota for four and a half years, I pronounced it coyotes. I was certainly ridiculed for that um, by my wife and other natives of the fine state of South Dakota. Um, so I am on board that they are the coyotes. Or, or just the yokes, if you would like to go. I've hear I've heard I hear a lot of go yotes. South Dakota go yotes is what they say. Um, Maggie, uh, any thoughts on the coyotes versus coyotes debate? Well, I probably would have said coyotes, um, but I did a little bit of research since I got uh, yelled at by K State fans last week for not doing research solely because I couldn't get Will Howard out of my mouth last week. I got in trouble for that, and I'm sorry. Um, but I, I saw it said yotes a lot of places, so I'm gonna stick with you. They do lean into the Yotes, and I think, honestly, great idea to lean into the Yotes. Uh, that is the best idea it's, that they could do. It's a good mascot. I mean, like, we've got enough tigers and bulldogs and all that. We need more coyotes. I agree. You need more obscure ones. Uh, like, the, yeah. the Colorado School of Mines has a good one. Uh, they've got a good logo. Speaking of Colorado School of Mines, they've got a great home field collection. Speaking of other good mascots, uh, that's a, that's a good part. I didn't even think I was going to do that. I didn't even think I was going to do that until I started talking about Colorado School of Mines. Uh, they just dropped a Delaware Blue Hens collection. Oh my gosh, it is incredible. Uh, go check that out. I might even end up snagging me some of those Delaware Blue Hens shirts uh, because they're so sick. I don't even like Delaware. Uh, Joe Flacco went there, right? Is that, is that right? Joe Flacco, I believe, Rich Gannon and uh, former Mizzou quarterback Sonny Riccio. Oh, look at those polls. Let's put some good polls right there. Um, okay, let's start talking about the Yotes. Uh, because in this game uh, is is an FCS team coming to Columbia. And let's not act like FCS teams haven't beat FBS teams before. That is a possibility. But we should also acknowledge in the same breath that this Coyotes team, Coyotes team, uh, was not 
very good last season. They're coming off a three and eight season. Um, I think I think the general consensus around this game is okay. You're going to learn a lot of worse things than a lot of good things uh, from this game. Game, uh, and I feel like we've talked about this in, in our season preview about it even uh, even more. But these first two games for the Missouri Tigers are going to be really crucial to see. Uh, the areas that they need to improve heading into their pretty uh, pretty tough SEC schedule, and even uh, the tougher non-con games that got caught up too. It, the second one much more than the first one. Like Middle Tennessee is an FBS team. They were not bad last year. They have beaten Missouri before. Um, you know they they did it a few years ago under Barry Odom, and and some people, but not all, will remember uh, two thousand three, four, somewhere around there. They came here and took a Gary Pinkle team to overtime. Um, you know, and and JD McCoy made a catch that Gary Pinkle talks about as like literally the most important play of his career at Missouri. Like JD McCoy saved lives with that with that catch. Uh, he will basically tell you. Um, but like that's a that's a representative non-con buy gate, right? Yeah. This is like yes, there are worlds in which Missouri can lose this game or be in a tight game. I I not hesitant to say if they are in a tight game or lose this game this season's not gonna be like the air will immediately go out of the safe this right. season is not going to be what you want it to be if we are five minutes left on thursday night and we don't know who's won the game yeah i think one thing we have to remember too i totally agree with that but we have to think about this too out of all the conferences, the FCS conferences, this is probably the best one. I would say the Missouri Valley is probably the best conference. You have North Dakota State, who I couldn't even tell you the amount of national championships that they've won. Uh, that's where Chris Kleiman of um, K-State came from and was extremely successful at. Um, last year, South Dakota State won the national championship there, which will probably get to here in a little bit um a little bit of more information about that um but it's no joke of a conference in terms of fcs so just kind of you know keeping that in mind a little bit yeah absolutely they played some really tough teams the the it seems like the national champion usually comes out of that since especially since james madison is now in an fbs team which by the way james madison was bull eligible last year but they couldn't do it because based off of uh, the the rules of elevation to FBS from FCS. They also aren't eligible this year for a bowl game. I think it's a two-year like ban. Uh, I don't know if ban's the right word. Uh, but I did some research, so you guys didn't have to, about the South Dakota Yotes, uh, so we could talk about, because they have eight returning starters on this team, a team, again, as I mentioned, coming off a losing season of 3-8 last year. Pretty, pretty simple when you look at the schedule that they had last year. If they played a bad team, they won. If they played a good team, they lost. Um, and that's usually like how it went, kind of going down their schedule. Uh, they've got their leading rusher back in Travis Thies. That'll be a guy that's going to be really interesting for Missouri to stop. I know Missouri's got a stout front seven. Could be could be a good test coming up here. And uh, new starting quarterback, Aiden Bowman. I think that's a very interesting uh, because he started at Iowa State. Couldn't beat out Brock Purdy. Couldn't beat out uh, Hunter Deckers, who his college future is now in question. Uh, now he's at South Dakota, going to try to make a name for himself with the Yokes. Uh, does anything uh, offensively for the Coyotes, does anything frighten you, Gabe? Or maybe frightens too strong of a word. Uh, is there anything there? Maybe I should rephrase this question to, is there anything that um, you think Missouri could benefit from that the Coyotes do uh, to take, taking them into the rest of the season? 
Um, here is the extent of my knowledge about South Dakota's offense or defense. What you just said in the last 45 seconds. And I'll be honest, I didn't pay that much attention to it. I couldn't name a player on their team. At kickoff on Thursday night, I will not be able to name a player on their team. I don't know who their head coach is. I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. And I don't really know what they do offensively or defensively. It is of absolutely no concern to me. Well, Gabe, let me, let me tell you. Their offensive, <laughs> coordinator, their offensive coordinator, Josh Davis, just came over from South Dakota I State. Mean, you could have completely, <laughs> like, that's like say, their offensive coordinator is John Smith. I mean, maybe. I mean, it, I, the I names are basically the same. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was just the pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach at South Dakota State, now the offensive coordinator. Don't know if that's going to play any big deal. I don't know. But he was there, just won a natty. They moved him over. If, their their offense last year was terrible. Bottom of Missouri Valley. They averaged 286 yards a game, 16 points. Basically, it was Missouri. But in a much worse conference. I did watch uh, the only football game I watched a little bit of this weekend. I caught the fourth quarter of Louisiana Tech FIU. And FIU had a running back who had transferred from South Dakota, and he had a pretty good game. I don't remember his name. Played well. So um, I don't think that's going to help South Dakota on Thursday night. But I don't know. I think FIU had four passing yards that game. They did. Um, they did. I they almost won a game with four passing yards. Now South Dakota did play K State last year. That that's kind of interesting. They are, but they got whooped. They have won. I, I I did see this. They're two. They've played an FBS team in every non-COVID season since 2010. They're two and nine in those games. So like they have won. Um, but again, it, it, it is not impossible. But like last year, App State beat Texas A&M, right? And App State is not an FBS team, but but we're but Texas A&M season ended up not being very good. I mean, if you lose a game in the opener against a team, I mean, the closest I think we can come is 2019. Missouri loses the season opener to Wyoming. Well, what happened to that season? wasn't very good. <laughs> it wasn't very good at all. So. You know, um, and and Wyoming is significantly better than South Dakota, but they just, I, I I don't, I don't see much point in spending a lot of time learning about individuals on teams like this, because if South Dakota comes in here and, and wins, we're not going to be writing stories and talking about on the podcast next week. Wow, how about that quarterback? How about that? We're going to be talking about what in God's name happened to Missouri on Thursday night. I mean that that's going to be the story. It's going to be about a, if we can if we can score more points than we scored last year. If our offensive line is giving Brady Cook or Sam Horn time to throw the ball, is I don't giving, even think they need to though. Like literally, should any three points should win this game. South Dakota should not score twenty three points on this Missouri right. defense. But if we're only scoring twenty three points, that's a problem. Well, yes, it is. It, it, I, I agree. If you need to score more, I mean, they scored 52 in the opener last year against, I think, a better team. But I don't know. I'm giving Missouri's defense a lot of credit. I mean, look, you don't just go up against former South Dakota State passing coordinator Josh Davis and expect it to go. He's. <laughs> I know. Uh, experience secondary uh, for for the Missouri Tigers, as we've been talking about. But, uh, Gabe, I think, I, I think you. Do hit hit the nail on the head. The story is not going to be about South Dakota State, no matter what happens. Even I mean, even if they do pull off a uh, an upset of 
epic proportions like App State did. The story was about App State after that. But mainly it was, it was, uh, Texas A&M might be bad. And listen, they were bad. So a, a lot of these games are more gauges on how your season's going to go. And this would be more equivalent not to App State A&M last year, but to the game that put App State on the map, which was Michigan in 07. Yeah. You know, because at that point, I think App State was still in FCS. You know, they hadn't made the move yet. And, but again, they were, that was a better FCS team, like, this is not even a good FCS team, and Missouri has never lost a game to an FCS team. Like, it's never happened. Even bad Missouri teams beat teams like this and usually beat them pretty bad. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to be back, uh, and on the other side, I'm going to ask you guys about the best and worst-case scenarios from this game. I think we we covered the worst case pretty good. Uh, we're going we're to talk best-case scenario and obviously more quarterback stuff, but before we throw to a break, i got to tell you about our friends at Home Field Apparel. I did a little earlier, but I got to give you the due justice to the Missouri set that they got out right now because it is killer. They've got some really great designs out there, including uh, the Mighty Missouri Big 8 Champion shirt that uh, I am very excited to wear out at Faro Field. So if you want to get your hands on some of that new collection, make sure to use the code KCSN23 for your first purchase. 15% off. You get uh, anything that you want at the store. They'll let you have anything you want for 15% off. Uh, whether it's Mizzou, whether it's uh, Delaware, the new blue hen set, whether it's Tulane. Uh, what's another random school I can throw out there? Um, uh, can Cal Poly. North Texas. They do have, they do have uh, next. What about Cal Poly Slow? Do they have those? Ooh, let me look real quick. Let me go to homefieldapparel.com. And they've got they've got over 150 colleges there. So like, it's a good shot. They've got a lot of them. And I, what I really like about Homefield is that they have the small schools too. Like they got Ferris State, they got the D two school, they've got all kinds of uh, of schools. But Gabe, what was the one that you threw out? Cal Poly, Cal Poly Slow, uh, aka Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They don't have Cal well, Poly Slow. All right, now they've got a request. Well, fine, we we we'll put it in. They got Colgate. That's kind of sick. Uh, DePaul and DePaul, they have both of those. But uh, listen, I'm telling you, they've got some good stuff, whether it's Mizzou stuff that you want, whether if it's anything else you want, go check them out. They've got great merch. We'll be back on the other side of this break to talk about best case scenarios. We're going to bring up the podcast. We're going to bring up the vibes a little bit when we get back. We'll be out after. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's bring up the vibes a little bit here on today's Mizzou That's Who on KC Sports Network. Let's talk about best-case scenarios. I know that there's obviously a lot of things that we're looking for in this game, specifically the quarterback situation. Gabe, can you believe we've gone 13 and a half minutes into this podcast and haven't mentioned the quarterback situation yet? I, it's, it's really an impressive effort on our part. I, <laughs> you did a good I job. I feel like it's a record. <laughs> it probably is. And if any Mizzou podcast out there has gone more than 13 minutes, uh, 13 and a half minutes, let me know because I'm impressed by them. But let's talk best case scenarios, Gabe. Um, I think that we all kind of agree on what the best case scenario is. This game's put away at halftime. Uh, but but what do you think that you, you see from the Missouri team in a best-case scenario? Um, I think best-case scenario is when the starters are in the game, South Dakota does not score, and both quarterbacks are good enough that we go into the Middle Tennessee game not knowing who Eli Drinkwitz will start against. Mm. Um, I think that, like, I think in an ideal world, they both play well enough that you go, okay, I want to see him against a big boy team now and and make that determination. Um, because if it's easy to make a decision after Thursday night, then I think that probably means one of them didn't play great. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, when you start to think about the, the quarterback situation as a whole, uh, Maggie, I, I don't, I think that we all kind of, we kind of expect Brady Cook to go out there and take those first snaps. I don't know if it's been said yet who that's going to be. I don't know if Eli Drinkwitz wants to say who it's going to be to take those first snaps. Uh, it seems like he's keeping the, those cards pretty close to the chest. Uh, what are your thoughts there on on the quarterback battle going into this game? I don't see how it's anybody except Brady Cook. I just don't think you can take... I don't think that you can really take that away from him. I think... You can if you I think you can take it away the starting job away from him by the K State game, but I don't see how with the experience and the way that he was the starter last year, how he doesn't start game one. Right. Now if Sam Horn goes out there and outplays him, he it's his job to put the best quarterback out on the field. It's his job to win football games. 
And it's our job as fans to want him to put the best quarterback out on the field. Um, so that's all I want is for the best player to play. And yeah. if that's Brady Cook and I it's clear that it's Brady Cook, then by all means, Brady Cook should start on September 16th. Um, if we're watching and it's very clear that the wide receivers look and feel more comfortable, you know, with Brady and or the running backs feel more comfortable taking handoffs from, um, I'm sorry, Sam, then that's what should happen. And I don't think that anybody should be complaining about that. Hmm. I think it is a very interesting, uh, interesting case because I, what adds a wrinkle to it for me uh, is Brady Cook was named a starting or was named a captain. Um, and it would be very odd to have QB2 as a captain. Uh, I don't know. Optically, I know that he's he's a leader in that locker room. That's not a, not a big surprise. A guy who wants to be a Mizzou, a guy who has wanted to be a Missouri Tiger his whole life. So it makes sense for him to be a captain. But Gabe, do you, is it is it weird if he's if he's a QB two and a captain? I mean, it's probably unusual, but like Maggie said, that that can't figure into sure. who Drinkwitz picks. You know, um, I mean, he's just he's he's got to pick the best guy, and and again. If they both play well the first two weeks, then great. Because what that means is you have an option if Brady Cook's shoulder is hanging by a thread in the second quarter against K-State like it was last year. Or if Sam Horn wins the job and goes out there and throws two picks in his first big game. Like you've got another guy you think you can give a shot. Um, I Like I said, I don't think we get a definitive answer on this until after the K-State game. Like I think mm-hmm. he will somebody's going to start against K-State, and ideally that's your guy going forward. Yeah. But how they do against K-State is has to be important. I mean, if whoever he picks, if that guy goes out there and he's brutal against K-State, they lose 40-12 to 12 again, then, you know, hey, nobody says you can't start the other guy the following week against Memphis. Right. I think a lot of people would probably want that. And I think a lot of people after, after that game were kind of, Maybe looking for that to happen uh, last season, uh, but what I think is, is well, well be... they would have, except the backup played in that game and he threw two interceptions on consecutive passes, yeah. so nobody was screaming for it. The, the weird thing about last year was the guy everybody wanted to play was the fourth string quarterback. Like that—that's like going to—that's like going into LSU this year and people are going to go, when are we seeing Dylan Libel? I forgot about Ryan. that. That was probably one of those things that I blocked off from my memory because I was like, wow, that was that was actually awful. Because I can remember standing in the stands after a, what was it, hour and a half, two hour rain delay and seeing Jack Abraham throw two straight interceptions and just feeling my soul leave my body as I'm <laughs> surrounded by Kansas State fans. Yeah, that was that was a quite quite a time and a torrential downpour. Um, well, gosh, brought back, back up Scars game. Uh, Sorry, I, I know we were supposed to be more positive than this. Thing. Yeah. Hey, what happened? What happened? I'm not even yeah. like I'm not even going to mention the weather. So it's true. Can't talk about weather anymore. I'll get in trouble. Um, another interesting position, and I, I'm curious to see how uh, the running back room uh, kind of develops. I think Cody Schrader's kind of taken out a leadership role uh, and into captain. I believe. Am I wrong by that? Um, uh, he's a captain. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember, but off the top of my head, Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete both back for a second season. Um, and I know a lot of times when we talk about running backs that will fall on the offensive line. Uh, because I'm kind of a believer is 
you know, you could have a really good running back out there, but your really good running back can only do so much if he doesn't have anything in front of him. Uh, and I think they have some talented guys. I think Cody's a talented guy. I think I think Nate Pete's a talented guy. Uh, but it's going to kind of fall on that offensive line. I don't think they should have a whole lot of trouble against South Dakota State. Um, and if they do, that is a red flag. Or or South Dakota, who they're actually playing. That's a good point. I don't. I. I. Yeah. That's that's actually a really good point. I don't think they should struggle <laughs> against either of those teams. Uh. But yeah. Uh. The offensive line. I'm going to be curious to see. Uh, who they march out there and kind of the configurations differently than they do about this uh, because I think this is kind of something that uh, I think Drake will do this too on the offensive side of the ball is trying to figure out who they want to play, who the best five guys are out there for the offensive line. I nailed Great. it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I'm, si- I'm silenced by um, that amazing it's a great point on my take. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Yeah, it'll be, I think what I'm kind of hoping with that is that offensive line does play so well in those first two quarters that we get to see some of the younger guys that we, you know, maybe weren't expecting. Or we get to see some new looks that, you know, maybe we weren't expecting. Or some of the the transfer guys that didn't earn their spot. Or, you know, maybe didn't earn yeah. their name spots like we were told. I'm kind of, you know, hoping that happens. I hope we see Jake Garcia in this game. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh and that's, that should be one of those things where, you know, you want to see the two guys of pretty Cook and Sam, but... that That's kind of interesting, though. We were talking about this last night when we did a podcast. So, normally, if you're up 35-6, late third quarter, like, you're kind of you're like, all right, let's hand the ball off, let's get this one over, not get anybody hurt. When you've got a quarterback competition going on, I think when you're 35-6, those guys are out there running the offense. Mm-hmm. And if it means South Dakota loses 77 to six, sorry guys, we got a season to worry about. We got jobs to hang on to. Like, yeah. sorry, you happen to be the ones that we had to do it against. And, you know, I do think, Eddie, if you are up, you know, six touchdowns in the fourth quarter, yeah, hand the last 10 minutes to Jake Garcia because God forbid you do get in a point to a point where you're playing your third string quarterback. But like, if one of those guys goes down, then Jake Garcia is only a snap away from being your starter, and you'd like to have gotten him at least some low-pressure reps in a game. Yeah. Mackie, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a lot of the guys like that get some low-pressure reps. Like, I would love to watch Jamal Roberts get some low-pressure reps, or, you know, guys like um, Daniel Blood, or... Um, uh, Josh Manning gets some, you know, because yeah. you, we're not going to know what they can do if we're not seeing them in real time. And I'm not saying that we're going to, what we're getting out of them against South Dakota is what we're going to get out of them against Tennessee. But just being able to see them on the field is still going to give us a little bit of an idea of their speed or give us a little bit of idea of their agility or, you know, if they can run routes, if they're smart. I mean, it's going to give us a little bit of something. So I feel like last year, everybody was like, oh, Sam Horn, Sam Horn, Sam Horn. And then we didn't get to see anything until he really, you know, threw the ball to Barrett Bannister and almost got him killed. So, yeah, it would have just, you know, kind of been uh, cool to see it a little bit sooner. So I mean, not cool to see Barrett Bannister almost get killed a little bit sooner. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you, we like I like Barrett, Barrett Bannister. So it would have just been nice to be able to, like, get us in a comfortable spot a little bit sooner in games so that we can see these young guys just get a little bit more 
um, true game experience. And, and with the retro rule now, like, you know, Absolutely. it used to be, hey, sorry, we can't throw you out there in this 48 to 7 game because that means you wasted an entire year for something meaningless. Now you can do that. And I, I'll just, this isn't completely true because it's the first game of the year. But like, if you don't play in this game, there's only three reasons. Number one, you're hurt. Yeah. Number two, things didn't go the way they were supposed to go. Or number three, you go meet that strength coach and you hang out with him every day because you ain't ever playing for this team this season. Well, isn't a benefit of playing at Missouri, isn't this something that we probably tell a lot of our recruits is that, or especially the high-profile recruits in the state of Missouri, which we have a good amount of, come to Missouri, play early, play a good amount isn't that something that we tell them isn't that i mean that's not something we really want to tell them i think i feel like we'd like to tell them that they can probably play by like their sophomore year but i was looking at depth charts at alabama's depth chart today i was looking at georgia's depth chart today like samuel and pimba's fifth on their on georgia's depth chart right um uh who else who's uh edger kill is fifth on alabama's depth chart like, isn't that something that we want to tell them? They're like, come here and, like, you might get a play. And if you do get a play, you might start next year. Like, isn't that a perk? So if we can get up big in these games and they get a play, like, earn your time and then maybe next year you're starting. Yeah, I think I think every coach really tells kids the same thing, which is you're going to have every opportunity to play. Right. Um, You know, because you don't promise kids something because – what happens if that kid shows up on campus and he's not good? Like, there are certain situations. Look, Luther Burden was going to play, and he was going to start game one last year. I don't care if he was any good. Now, obviously, he was good, so cool. Um, but you, there are a few guys like that where that's the situation. But for the most part, it, you're not making promises on the recruiting trail because you have to see how they adjust and all that. But the other thing is, and uh, like I've done, I've done things on this before i've gone and looked at numbers the irony is that the best teams actually redshirt the fewest guys and the reason is because they are recruiting guys who are ready to play day one like they are recruiting you know jerry judy's and 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 guys like that you know uh i i just throw any of them out there george pickens that like, look, you're a good enough player that day one you can walk in here and you can get on. You may not start, yeah. but you can get on the field. But here's the other thing, especially in recruiting, we all put so much more thought into it than most of these kids do. I mean, I did an interview with Mookie Cooper last spring, and I said, if you could go back and do this again, what would you tell yourself? He said, I never looked at a depth chart. I never, mm. I didn't look into the fact that I was walking into a receiver room with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Jackson Smith and Jigba, just keep listing off the first-round draft picks. Like, they don't look at that. You know, they, they more, some kids do. I don't want to say nobody does. But a lot of kids are like, Ohio State wants me, Alabama wants me, awesome. And and some of them look at the depth chart and think, well, I'm better than all those guys. I'm going to go there and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play. But a lot of kids truly don't, like every single recruiting battle, our message board and Twitter lights up with, well, here's what we have to do. And here's the reasons he should come here. Guys, they just don't put as much thought into it as you do. Like I, the truth is 
there's no way any of these kids watch as much college football as any of the three of us. They right. absolutely don't. Like, I promise if you go ask Williams Winery to break down Oklahoma, Georgia, and Missouri's depth chart, I'm pretty sure he knows less about any of them than we do. And that's not an insult to him. That's what being a 17-year-old kid is. Yeah. It's a great point. Um, and and uh, again, you mentioned the fact that we get to see a lot of different people. Got to take one more break. But uh, when we get back on the other side, I want to ask you guys who you guys are most excited to see outside of quarterbacks. Let's take quarterbacks out of it. Who, What players you guys are most excited to see coming up on Thursday? We'll be right back after. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Missouri Tigers have found themselves kind of in this tradition of playing on Thursdays uh, leading into the season. I think it's a great idea. Uh, Labor Day weekend being there, the students are still, uh, I think classes just started maybe a week ago. Keep them on campus for this game. Um, find them on Thursdays. I, I like that idea. Something that MIAA has done for the last few years as well, in terms of just like keeping the students on campus a lot easier for them to get to that game. You don't want them to go home, then come back, and then go back home, and then come back. Uh, thinking of the students first. I'm sure that's what the university is doing. Not the dollars at all. Doesn't have to do with the money at all. Uh, but I asked you guys before the break some some players that you guys are most excited to see. Gabe, I'll start with you. Who's one of those guys that when when you start to think about a game like this, who are you most excited to see take the field? Josh Davis. <laughs> oh, but um, no. Uh, you know, really any of the – I'm interested to see Brett Norfleet and Jordan Harris. Like, does Missouri have a tight end that is – you know, my, my guy Gerard – frequently said last year Missouri's tight ends were out there getting their cardio in uh do they have a tight end that's, that's going to be part of the game plan um I'd like to see that at, at safety um Sidney Williams Marvin Burks Trebez Johnson like those are the second stringers but I think they all have a chance to to earn a lot of playing time um coming up uh I want to see Theo Weiss does you know um, I, I know uh, Bruce Feldman put together the top 100 transfer list. He had Theo, and and this is not something where he just throws together a list. Like Bruce, uh, he talks to people all over the country, and he's getting feedback on these guys. He had Theo number 39 so, in the country. So, um, you know, interested to see him and, and how he fits in the passing game and how many plays it takes Kirby Moore to say, F it, Theo down there somewhere, we're going deep, you know. Because I think that's coming early on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie, your thoughts on who you want to see? Yeah. I mean, a, f- a few of those. The tight end position was for sure one of those. I just, I went to Mizzou during, you know, the Chase Kaufman and the T Rucker days. And I, I'm a sucker for a good tight end <laughs> on the field, obviously. So, um, yeah, would love for us to, to bring that back. I, uh, excited about, um, to see Harrison Mevis maybe get back to where he was a couple of years ago. I know some people might not be a special teams person, but special teams almost won us the game against Georgia. So would love to see him get back to uh just the Harrison Mevis that we all, you know, the thicker kicker we all know and, you know, appreciate. And then Makai Miller. I would love to see him, you know, kind of show out I think that he's a, a better a better athlete than we've kind of even gotten to see. I think we've kind of 
been people are kind of seeing him as more of a third down guy, but I think he's more of more than that. So I'd like to see him really get um, some more touches. Gabe, when you were bringing up Bruce Feldman, uh, I thought you were going to talk about his freaks list. He puts together several lists. Uh, Missouri just have a guy on the freaks list, a guy who I wanted to talk about is Armand Mimbo. Uh, I want to see him because the, the freaks list is insane. You get to hear about some crazy athletes. Um, and just some athletic feats around college football. Armand was no exception to that. Uh, I'm excited to see how the offensive line kind of shakes out because that was a huge, that was, that was a huge kind of, that was where the, the weak point was last season. That's kind of where it all fell apart last season. If they can address that with those transfers, Cameron Johnson, Marcellus Johnson, uh, if they can kind of fill in and see where Cameron Johnson kind of slots in there around the offensive line because it sounds like it's Connor Tolleson's center job. Uh, maybe that makes it a little bit easier when you have a returning center and a, a guy who's more familiar with the system. I think that that could probably help a lot better, but I want to see kind of where they slotted on that offensive line. I think it's Javon Foster who seems to have that left tackle guard, left tackle spot secured. Um, but around, uh, from like the interior to like the right tackle side, I think is kind of all up in the air. And most intriguing player in this game is to me clearly Connor Tolleson. Oh. Mm. If he's as much improved as they're saying he is from last year, the quarterback shouldn't need to wash their jerseys. If center is a problem in this game, if you see a couple of bad snaps, if you see pressure up the middle, it's going to be a problem all year long. And if center is a problem, I don't know how the offense works. It's true. That's, that is like the the pillar of like the building. If you take that pillar out, it's not going not gonna to stand. Uh, that's kind of what I'm most looking forward is the offensive line. They should, like I mentioned, with the front seven or the defense, they shouldn't struggle against South Dakota. This offensive line shouldn't struggle against South Dakota either. Traditionally good against the run, South Dakota is. They got a lot of returning guys on the in the secondary, which listen, the talent that Missouri has, they should have no problem uh, with returning FCS guys on a team that was three and eight last season. Uh, but Luther in the slot, I think, is going to be really exciting to see. I want to see how they kind of use him in the offense and and you Kirby Moore. We haven't really seen any Kirby Moore offensive stuff from. Uh, the Missouri Tigers, see how he play calls, see how this offense looks now in the Kirby Moore system. I know Drinks said they kind of have similar philosophies. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some similarities that we see, but I want to see fully what Kirby Moore has uh, in his offensive repertoire to see how this offensive can evolve from last season, where it was at times dreadful and very painful to watch. I, I'm putting it kindly by saying that. Um, that Auburn game was atrocious. It was the worst football game I think I've ever seen in my life. And I, <laughs> I mean, there's there's just a lot of room for improvement for Kirby Moore. That's good for him. I'm sure he feels good. He's got all that much room to improve on the offensive side of the ball. But we talk about the defensive side of the ball. You look at the defensive end room. It's kind of what we talked about. Where the snaps will be allocated. I think it's going to be kind of hard to tell. You know what the what the rotation is really going to be like with this season. But to see a lot of guys get out there, get some playing time. Uh, see Joe Moore, see how much uh, these guys are going to play out there. Johnny Walker, especially. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how they're going to all work that out on the defensive line. And the front seven is is a, is a stout front seven Mizzou has. They've got a lot of returning guys we're gonna talk about in the linebacker room, Chad Bailey, Tyron Hopper. Uh, I just kind of want to see those guys dominate and get to some of these uh, some of these backups in. Well, you'll definitely see Chad Bailey's backups in. Because yeah. he, he won't be playing at least until... Hopefully K State, but mm, no, no, twenty one days, right? I, I've got a hard time seeing him playing against K State. I mean, Drinkwood said twenty one days. 
that to me is 21 days till he can be full speed in practice. Like, I don't think he starts practicing Sunday before K-State and he's he's out there saying that he'll play. Right. I don't think he plays a full workload. Like Damian Wilson, Chuck Hicks, got to see something from those guys in the first two weeks. Right. They played in his spot against Georgia, right? So. Was it Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at Marvin Burks because that's a name I can remember recruiting-wise last year, a guy that joined. Was he a wide receiver as well? And then he ended up being a safety? Uh, or am I just, is he always a safety? I mean, he was always going to play safety here. He okay. probably played wide receiver in high school too because most of those guys play both ways. In high school. You probably also yeah. are confusing them because of Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> or like Marvin Jones. So you probably just yeah. like, the name is probably just, Jesus. Too many names. Gabe, I don't know how I do it. Yeah. I I just make I mean, I just talk a lot and people you know <laughs> eventually people believe me. I don't yeah, I don't you use like, completely uh, making I just things talk up right authoritatively. Now. Just just like we made up Josh Davis for this whole podcast. It's not a lie if you believe it, Tucker. Wow. I think that's a good note to end on. Uh take that into the Missouri Tigers football season. It's not a lie if you believe it. We are, do we do predictions this year? Is that a thing we do? Yeah, I guess we can do predictions for this game. Uh, Gabe, do you want to start since you, it was your idea? Uh, I know people like the predictions. Predictions and lists, man. Let's get terrific. Uh, 42-10 in Missouri. That includes a defensive touchdown. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm going to go... I'm going to do 52... 52- 52-14. I'm not going to call any other touchdowns. No but I'm going to say those I'm going to say those like the the I will say they score like a touchdown like late to make it 14. Trying to see if I can find that game on DraftKings. I don't yeah, they don't usually do lines against FCST. No, it doesn't look like that they do have that. Uh Speaking of DraftKings, I won two six-leg parlays yesterday. I just feel like I need to say that. I said it in my Mizzou group chat, so they already know. And I'm not even a big better. They were like a $10 and a $5, so they were like nothing. But that was really cool. I didn't know there were six sporting events yesterday. Is it baseball? Yeah, they uh, yeah, they were both baseball. One was all teams. One was all teams, like a couple money lines and a couple. Uh, I've, I've, no. I've never heard a big con- bigger contradiction than I'm not a big betting person and I want a six-team baseball parlay. <laughs> I mean, I like baseball, so I mean, I kind of know a few things, but then like a lot of them, they're just like good players I know are probably going to get hit, so like, they're probably going to get hit. All right, I guess for my prediction, since I don't have a line to go off of, I guess I'm going to just throw a dart onto a dartboard here, and I'm going to say 48 to 7, they get a little pity touchdown at the end, Uh, 40, what did I say, 48-7? Log it in. Go ahead, take that. Take that to a DraftKings Sportsbook. See if they'll let you do that. Put that in your DraftKings Sportsbook app and smoke it, because uh, those are my predictions here uh, on Mizzou. That's who. Thank you guys for listening. It's taking all the way to the end of the podcast to hear our predictions on Missouri versus South Dakota State. That game is taking place on Thursday. So you know, not on Saturday. It's a Thursday game. I'm sure you know if you're listening to the podcast by now and you made it all the way to the end here, you already know that they're playing on Thursday. But we'll be back next week with a, another preview and recapping up this South Dakota, not state, South Dakota game. 
I'm going to catch myself the whole week saying that because South Dakota State rolls off way better than South Dakota does. Go Yotes uh, and go Tigers as already <laughs> for the first game of the season. Listen, it's still it's the first week for everybody here, folks. First week for everybody. So for Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Frank. We'll talk to you guys next week after a Missouri Tigers win. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.